Hey, welcome to the Endpoint Zone with Brad Anderson. Brad, welcome back to the studio. It's time for us to do this again, to bring these folks up to speed with what's been happening in enterprise mobility over the course of the past month. Yeah, big month. A, big yeah. month in a lot of ways. Yeah, lots of interesting things. In fact, one of the things that we've been seeing a lot of is in our customer meetings, people really wanting to know more about mobile application management and actually getting those deployments done. Yeah. Yeah, I think many organizations had started with their mobile device management because the first thing they wanted to do was just get a pin on the device and they yeah. wanted to, you yeah. know, make sure the device was encrypted, not jailbroken. Yeah. But there has been a shift in the conversation, no doubt about that. And we see organizations now coming and saying, I want to understand a lot more about mobile application management. Um, I think it's a couple of things. One, organizations are getting a little more sophisticated. They've got kind of the baseline solved and they're now moving into the, into the more sophisticated solutions like conditional access, like mobile application management. But honestly, one of the things that's driving this is organizations, as they look at their BYO strategies, are saying we would really rather not take yeah. over the user's personal devices, but we'd rather focus our efforts on protecting the corporate apps and the corporate data. That's what I see driving the bulk of the, the conversations. Yeah. And what better way to actually explain this than for us not to explain it, but actually to yeah, get one point. of our customers to come in and do this for us. So we're uh, now going to have a chat with uh, Joseph Parody from Avenard. Yeah. Welcome, Joseph. Thank you, Simon. Hey, thank you very much for coming in. Thanks. You know, really, um, we really appreciate you coming here and spending a few minutes with us. I think you've got a fascinating story. I've got to tell you, I've, I think I'm more excited for today's Endpoint Zone than I've been in the 14 or 15 that we've recorded. So first of all, tell us a little bit about Avenard, a little bit about your role. Sure. So, Avanade is a consulting company. We focus on the Microsoft ecosystem. We're about 15 years old. We're owned by Accenture and by Microsoft. So, we have a really good focus on the Microsoft ecosystem. We have a bunch of characteristics about our company that are going to be similar to many enterprises and some that we're maybe a little bit ahead on. We're a global organization. That's a challenge, right? Because you have multiple countries, geographies, and languages. Labor laws, laws. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. And, uh, we have about 28,000 professionals around the world, uh, and so that's going to be similar. There's many companies like that. But we're a consulting company, so the reality is if I have people in the office, they're probably not serving my clients, mm -hmm. and serving our clients is what we do. So we really have to service our people outside of the office, so they're mobile mm -hmm. all the time. Extreme. Uh, I mean, ex yeah, exactly. with extreme. It's not some mobile, it's all mobile, yeah. right? So you're talking about enterprise we, mobility. You're kind of like yeah, the, yeah. the, the it poster is child enterprise. of it. Yeah, that's what yeah, you are. Exactly. The other thing about our company is, is that we are very cloud-focused. So we're in the Microsoft ecosystem. We're Office 365 for all of our services. We are Azure Active Directory. So we're leaning into the cloud a lot. Mm -hmm. So we consume our services from the cloud. So if you have workers who are outside your corporate network, you've got the services that are in the cloud, right? What I like to say is the internet is my new corporate network. Yeah. Because the reality is my users are on the internet, my services are on the internet, mm -hmm. so I no longer have those boundaries mm -hmm. that are on my corporate network. Now that may be a little bit advanced for some companies out there, but we believe in three to five years, most companies are gonna look like that. So that's how Avanade is trying to operate today, right? And that means we need to be thinking about how do we service our people, both our workstations, but also now our mobile devices when they're outside of our corporate network accessing services on the cloud. Okay, so I'm fascinated on a couple of things here. So first of all, now in terms of the devices that the 28,000 know, professional services uh, use, are they corporate devices? Are they BYO devices, a mix? Yeah, so um, in almost all of our countries, they are bring your own device, right? 
Um, we have our corporate laptops, obviously, that we issue, a bunch of services, a bunch of other laptops as well. Um, but most of them are bring your own device. So we have iOS, we have Android, we have Windows Mobile, Windows Phone, right? So we've got all the flavors. So we have to deal with that diversity. And we have to protect our data, one, whatever device it is. Okay, so you've been on a fascinating journey. Tell everybody about um, what has happened over the last couple of months as you were refining your enterprise mobility strategy and MDM, MAM, those conversations. I, it's, I think what you guys have just gone through is going to be a very common occurrence in the, in the world as well. Great, happy to do that. So we have been on a path with the Intune product team for a couple of years now, working towards deploying MDM and conditional access within Avanade. And um, the partnership has been great. We've really gotten a lot of value out of it, helped make the product better, we think. Absolutely. We were ready to launch MDM within Avanade. And we sent the email out to all of our employees saying, as of this date, you're going to be required to have MDM mm -hmm. on your device. Well, what we found was within a few weeks, 30% of our devices dropped off of our exchange environment. <laughs> wow. That meant that our people who are out in the field serving our clients are now being less productive. And we talked to another company that we know has gone through this journey. They said 40% of their devices went away. They did this about 18 months ago on a competitor product. They never came back. So we're impacting the productivity of our people, our wow. ability to deliver for our clients, simply by sending the email that we were going to turn on conditional access. That got the attention of our executives. Because if we're less productive, we're not going to do as mm -hmm. good a job for our clients. Yeah. So we stepped back and we said, why? What's causing this, right? And we're bring your own device shop, right? MDM is relatively heavyweight when you think about a person's device. And with some of the changes Apple introduced in iOS, I think it was 9.2, a new warning about what an MDM provider mm -hmm. can do. Yeah. And a lot of our people reacted it's e it, negatively. It's even red. Yeah. yeah. People reacted negatively to that. And I understand that. I'm a bring your own device guy. Yeah. I've got pictures of my family. I've got things that I don't want the company to be looking at, right? And our feedback when we talked to people was, it really is that it's their device. Their life is now on their device, mm. right? They don't want to risk that with the company, whether it's the company looking at it, yeah. which got a lot more attention after Snowden, right? Or what happens if it accidentally gets wiped? I've lost everything. I don't have a backup of all yeah. of that. So that, to them, was the big concern. So we worked with the Intune team. It was right when MAM was starting to come out. And we said, you know, we think this is going to be the right balance. And so we refocused our energy. We've worked very closely with the Intune team as they've developed that MAM functionality. Yeah, the MAM without device enrollment. Right. So now what we're starting to offer now to our users, and we'll be rolling it out later this year, is MAM with no device enrollment in order to access our applications. And what I think is awesome about this is you know, you listened. You know, first you're data driven. Right. You know, as I think about the engineering culture that we have, we try to be data driven. We try to be customer obsessed. But I remember that first time I heard that you'd seen a 30% drop in the number of devices accessing Exchange Online, mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, what an incredible example of of thinking we're doing the right thing, but our users are coming back and saying, I actually don't like what it is that you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, so I think this balance we've been working on in the industry is how do we protect the corporate assets, but also protect the user's personal privacy, and I think that you ran into that just head on, and I think many organizations are going to run into this exact same thing as they think about their BYO strategy going forward. Yeah, Absolutely. I think there's a, a lot of companies actually 
kind of take that approach of, hey, we've had a 30% drop off of people connecting to our services, they probably think, that's a good thing. That's going to cost me less. Oh. But it's completely the wrong approach to be taking. They're not thinking holistically for their business. They're thinking about reducing cost versus actually making people more productive in more places. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I'm curious now, as you think about man without device enrollment, how do you think about the security, you know, is it meeting the security mm -hmm. needs of Avanade? Because that's one question that sometimes people will ask, is the device secure enough? And so I'm just kind of curious how you think about that. Yeah, it's interesting because when we started talking with our security team, right, we said, is it really about protecting the device? And they said, no, it's never been about protecting yeah, the device. Point, yeah. It's about protecting the data. Mm -hmm. And so we said, okay, well, let's look at MAM. And when we looked at it in depth, we realized MAM actually gives us better protection for the data than MDM. Because one of the problems you have is exfiltration of data. Somebody tweeting something that they shouldn't be from mm -hmm. corporate data. Mm -hmm. Or accidentally saving a document to their personal OneDrive, not their corporate OneDrive. Yeah. And with MAM, we get that type of control. With MDM, you don't. With MDM, you draw that shell around the device, and you assume that everything that goes on on that device is good. That's not a reasonable assumption anymore. Not because people are malicious, but because people make mistakes. They're not perfect. Yeah. And so what we believe is that we'll get better application coverage with MAM. We'll get better exfiltration control with MAM at a user impact that we can manage. The perfect example I give to people is with MDM, you unlock the device and you're into your corporate email. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know about you, but I go to a restaurant sometimes and I have to wait in the line. I've got my daughter there with me and she wants to play a game. Yeah. So I unlock my phone and I give it to her to play a game. Yep. But now she can accidentally be in my corporate email. With MAM, you set the pin on the device mm -hmm. separate from the pin on Outlook. And now I can safely hand that mm -hmm. to her, whether it's Outlook or OneDrive or Excel, the corporate data is still secure, yep. not accidentally going to be right. shared, mm -hmm. but I have that convenience. So for me in my life, the company has now made that balance one that I'm not only willing to accept, but to embrace. And so for us, yeah. it's security is better with better convenience, not the other way around. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that that's what you can get because that traditionally isn't what you get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's really interesting um, as we take a look at the telemetry whether you're MAM or whether you're MDM, like the first two things almost every customer sets is they do a pin, yep. and then they want to make sure the device is encrypted. Well, you can actually do those both with MAM. Yeah. Exactly. So you don't have to do that through MDM. It's more lightweight. Okay, so I'm, I'm curious, what advice would you give to others? You know, I think you're well along this, you know, further along this path to the cloud than most are. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to organizations and people about the shift, the change, how you have to think differently in a cloud world as opposed to on-prem or a hybrid world. And then maybe some context about, you know, where would you say MDM is the right thing to use and where would you think that MAM only is, 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 is the right place to be used? Yeah. So I think you, you should look at the characteristics of your business yeah. and the characteristics of your IT infrastructure because mm -hmm. that will help drive it, right? I think there's no question that companies are going to migrate services to the cloud. To right? I mean, if you're it's, not on yeah, Office 365 today, you will be. Um, so with that, start thinking about what that's going to mean. It's going to mean stuff for your network folks. It's going to mean stuff for your security folks, for your people who sit in an office. But increasingly, you're going to have vendors or partners or temporary workers. Increasingly, you're going to have people working from home. Mm -hmm. How are you going to get the security you need for those? Mm -hmm. Increasingly, you'll have more bring-your-own-device scenarios, right? So I think start thinking about looking at where we are today is maybe where you'll be in two, three, four years, depending on your industry, right? 
and say, how am I going to be able to get the security I need, get that right balance for my employees, right? We, in our business, we're in a war for people. Yeah. That's our biggest asset, right? Yeah. So if we can make a good working environment that's also secure, our clients like it, our people like it, that's a good uh, a strategy yeah. for success for yeah. us. But you're going to have a bunch of devices where MDM is the right answer, right? So for us, we're almost all BYOD. But there's many companies where you will have kiosks. You will have uh, special purpose devices, right? And so for those, MDM gives you the richness that things like MAM can't, right? You may need VPN profiles. You may need yep. other types of things that MDM gives you. You may want to have that full lockdown. And so we believe a hybrid strategy of corporate devices on MDM, bring your own on MAM without MDM enrollment, is going to allow us to meet both of those needs successfully mm -hmm. with the right level of control for each of those scenarios. We, we, we believe the exact same thing. In fact, yeah. I think you've uh, been one of the organizations that's really kind of shaped our views on this, and, and you know we're incredibly grateful for the partnership we've had for you for many, many years. Just not in Intune, but Config Manager, and you know more broadly across Microsoft, Avanade's a tremendous partner for us. Thank you, appreciate it. And we get so much out of our partnership with Microsoft, both internally, I'm an internal IT guy, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I'm not out there selling, but what we do with internal IT to help demonstrate the value of the Microsoft products helps when we talk to clients, yeah. but it also helps you understand what does a 28,000 person global enterprise do Dude. with your products? Yeah. Where do we struggle implementing them? Where do we have successes? Awesome. Yeah. Simon, anything I, else on your mind? I just think that, that actually it's really well worth pointing out that because of the fact that EMS is built as a set of services, the input that we get from customers like yourselves actually doing the implementation allows us to not only build and repair and fix those kind of services on the fly, but it allows us to actually get new features out to you really quickly. So it's super important as we're working with you, your feedback goes directly into the product and you yeah. get to see that quickly. I want to jump on that because mm. you know, our partnership with the Intune team has demonstrated <clears throat> concretely mm -hmm. the speed at which Microsoft is now able to move. Yeah. When we work with the Intune team and we identify a bug or we have a feature suggestion, right? It used to be, hey, let's talk about that being delivered in six to nine months. Yeah. Now it's let's talk about that being delivered in four weeks. And so the cycle times that Microsoft is achieving, so it's not just marketing talk that's going on out mm -hmm. there, it's actually we're yeah. seeing it. For months now, we're seeing- Oh my seeing, gosh, my heart feels good hearing <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> we're seeing, and, and it helps us because now we can plan to deploy yeah. knowing that a couple of things that we're finding, and we're pushing the product hard, right? Mm -hmm. We're doing all kinds of scenarios where we're doing Outlook team and Intune team, and okay, if I press this button over here, but those teams are in there and they're fixing it. And three weeks later, we're able to test a build that works. And so I would say for anybody who's questioning whether Microsoft really has changed, I can tell you that we have the evidence. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so I, you know, uh, as an engineering leader, I just, it just really is music to my ears. I think people may be interested in understanding just how we actually do this. I mean, let's yeah. just spend two minutes on this. Absolutely. You know, the way that, that we've actually organized the team itself, it actually mirrors the architecture of the product. And so every one of my people managers is responsible for a microservice or a set of microservices. And then what we do is across all those, and there's well over 150 of those inside of, of Intune, there is a prioritized, what we call a backlog list of features and capabilities. Well, we can adjust that every day. And so what happens is, is we're working closely with our customers, and I'll tell you, I think we are closer to our customers than we've ever been in the 13 years that I've been at Microsoft. Right. We see a blocker, we see an issue, we see an opportunity, we just move that to the top of the list, 
the engineers roll off what they're working on today or tomorrow. They take the top thing and they're working on it, and, and that's why we get it out in three or four weeks. The agility of these services is just mind-boggling, and uh, man, just hearing a customer say that, mm -hmm. uh, that, is, that is exactly what we want to do. Yeah, total Great. validation yeah. of what we've been working towards. Well, thank you, Joe. I really, really appreciate you coming in the studio here. You know, if people could see the room we're in here, they're like, hey, this isn't that big of an operation, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, we're grateful you're here. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate you and all the team's help. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks. So that's fantastic. I mean, it's just amazing to get that great customer feedback firsthand. Yeah, and I, and I see that reaction from customers as we talk about this man without device enrollment almost every day. You know, one of the things that I have the luxury of is, you know, we, we have 20, 30 customers every single day in our executive briefing center here. Yeah. And so I'm over there, you know, most days, most maybe days. four times a week. And, you know, first I'll walk in and I'll sit down and I'll pull out my Surface and I'll pull out a couple of iPads and, you know, that kind of like, like, wow, it's a Microsoft person and yeah. he's got, you know, Android or iOS devices. Mm -hmm. We start talking about these trends and then I'll show them what mobile application management without uh, MDM looks like. And you just like see people like going, that's what we need. Or, I told you that's where this is going. And this actually all started in Europe. Oh, you yeah. know, about 18 months ago, we started hearing all these um, conversations coming into us of BYO is dead. And we're like, what do you mean BYO is dead? So we started digging into it. And what was happening is these employee advocacy groups were coming out and saying, listen, if you're going to enable BYO, yeah. uh, you know, you really should think about doing it in a way that doesn't force, you know, you or to take over the user's entire device. You know, our, 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 our mission here is how do we empower people to achieve more, mm -hmm. but we want to do that in a way that protects company data, but also protects personal privacy. And that man without device enrollment does that. Yeah, I think that's one of, the, one of those really big trends. You, you look at it and you kind of see these small things happening in, in the world and they get a lot of news and yeah. it, it really has kind of drawn this kind of gravity towards it. And user privacy is mm -hmm. one of those things that's drawn such huge, gra huge gravity that we've actually had to look at that and go, how does this affect our business? What's the right way for us to empower people? And we've just done an amazing job with that. Yeah, you know, I was in, a, in, in, in one of these executive briefings yesterday with one of these iconic brands. I mean, if I were to say the company name, everybody in the world knows who this brand is. And I was walking down through that and, and it was funny, the CIO looked around the table and said, I'm curious, how many people in the room here carry two phones? Yeah. One for personal and one for business. And there are about 20 people in the room. Everyone except for one raised their hands and said, we carry two phones. And what it came down to is they wanted that privacy of their own of their person mm -hmm. on their personal phone, but they also wanted to get corporate email, so they carry two phones. And then it was just this rich conversation that ensued about why, why have we got a policy in place that drives that kind of behavior? That's not the right thing to do. Yeah, it's kind of not what they expected. And it's also not what most companies were, were kind of thinking about when they started to bring these kind of devices into their infrastructure. It's also something that we aren't alone in noticing. I think it's fair to say that uh, organizations that maybe everybody relies on for getting some kind of information about, you know, if they're making the right decision, like Gartner, have actually been starting to take on and try to do research yeah. into. Yeah. And so, I, you know, what I would just tell everybody on this one is, I think as you project out two, three, four years in BYO devices, I think we'll see more man without device enrollment, managed devices. And for corporate devices, especially things that are like, you know, like Joe's have talked about kiosks, you know, things that like, you know, a point of sale device, of course those are going to be, you know, locked down with MDM. And increasingly, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, as organizations move towards Windows 10, 
I think organizations do want to embrace this new MDM style of management on Windows 10, but there's, there, I think there's still a couple gaps that are preventing them or kind of slowing them down to getting to that, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I think most organizations will be in a combination of MDM and MAM, Mm -hmm. and some MAM-only devices, you know, corporate versus versus personal devices. Yeah, and I think it's, it's fair to say as well that it's changing the way that organizations from an yeah. IT department standpoint yep. are actually set up. And I know that when you do all of your customer connections, you're actually talking to those folks and saying, hey, who's managing your devices? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so actually, let, let's kind of transition. I wanted to actually um, show everybody here there's been a fantastic research report uh, that came out from Gartner in April, and you know, let's make sure we kind of put on the bottom here the yeah, link to it, be. if you will. Um, I love this document from Gartner because it is a really a forward-looking document that's giving advice about how organizations should be thinking about themselves. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, organizations are making decisions today about where they want to be two to three years from now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so what this document points out is it talks about you know these cloud services like Office 365, like Google Docs at work. You know, combined with the fact that all the operating systems have now become services as well. You know, yep. Windows is a service. iOS has kind of always been a service because you get the updates in, in Android. It is fundamentally changing how organizations work, and it's actually fundamentally changing the structure mm. of organizations. And so I just wanted to dive into that a little bit, and I would really encourage everybody to read through this. You know, if you're a manager, if you're a leader, I think that they're laying out what may be a way that you decide to go with your organization. You know, if you're someone in the team, you should be looking at this saying, if this is the way the world is going to go, how do I make sure that I, I land in a good place or that I help drive this? Yeah, okay? it's really where do I invest my skills? That's where right. do I invest my time to build those skills? It's a seven-page yeah. document. It's about a 10 or 15-minute read. Yeah. But it's the best thing that I've seen from one of the, one of the analyst organizations that is forward-looking guidance. Okay, so yeah. the first thing is they have this particular pie chart in there. And the question, and this is from, if you take a look here, April of 2016, is they ask the question, hey, which team inside your organization is doing your enterprise mobility management? Yeah. You know, 51% it's the PC management team. And we've been, we've been talking about this consolidation mm -hmm. for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, and 28% of the time it's a standalone team. And in 11% it's, um, it's the exchange team. And actually, this makes a lot of sense because if you think about it today, the number one tool that's used to manage devices is still EAS. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, you know, I would say 80 or 90% of the world's phones are still managed via EAS. Mm -hmm. But if you think about what, you know, what our strategy has been here, it's been to help drive this consolidation because at the end of the day, organizations want to enable their users on all devices. And to do that, you need to think holistically across all devices. Yeah. Okay. I think previously, it's been, a, it's been an IT journey. It's now a user journey. And making sure that that user is as enabled as possible everywhere is actually the key to being consistent, particularly no, with security. 100%. 100% right. Yeah. So then you know, the next chart I thought was just super fascinating when, when Gartner published this. And you know, they talked about this roadmap of saying, you know, hey, in the past, organizations have had these disparate and separate teams. Mm -hmm. There was one team that would do your PC management, another team that did mobile device management. And then in terms of the services, you know, there was a separate team that exchange versus SharePoint versus Link. Mm -hmm. And this is how, you know, if you take a look at many of the on-premises product, you know, or, or on-premises organizations, this is how many of them are still organized today. Yeah, and I think it makes a lot of sense with on-premises because there you've got a defined perimeter. Yeah. And that's what you're controlling. Whereas in today's world, that perimeter isn't there. <laughs> so yeah, having those silos is yeah. very, very tricky. And you know, each one of these would be updated on a separate cadence. Mm -hmm. You know, where, where once you move to something like Office 365, we're doing the update for you. Yeah. And so, you know, these teams don't have to do the planning for these, you know, significant infrastructure upgrades. Mm -hmm. And so as organizations move towards these cloud services like Office 365 and Google Apps for, for work, you often see them take these teams and consolidate it 
into one team that's just delivering productivity to their users. And quite honestly, users expect you know, Exchange and SharePoint and Skype for Business, all of that to be working together. Mm -hmm. okay, so it's also being driven by user expectations. And of course, they, they start to expect that the, um, the services that are managing those services are actually being run as a service. You got it. Those you two things it. have to be interlinked together. Yep. It's a, it's a big trend. And so organizations, if you're here, you should be thinking about how you move into this, into this interim where you have an endpoint management team that's managing PCs and mobile devices through one experience, through one interface, as well as you know, one team that's delivering your productivity. Yeah. And if you think about what Config Manager and EMS is, it's exactly that. It is. And Office 365 is exactly that. Yeah. You know, we, we started making these investments four years ago, and it's fantastic to see Gartner coming out and kind of saying, this is where organizations should be thinking about going. We had this vision four years ago and have been investing on this. Yeah, it's great to see validation for our North Star actually being, being provided at this point. Uh, yeah. You know, we are leading. I do love that. Amazing. And so what, what I would tell most organizations today is if you do not have one team that's doing your mobile device management, your enterprise mobility management, and your PC management, that's the first thing you should, you should bring yep. together. And when you t then take a look at who actually has the ability that allows you to manage Windows 7 devices, Windows 8 devices, Windows 10 devices in a traditional way or in a, uh, an MDM way, plus all your mobile devices, Microsoft stands alone in our ability to do that. Yeah. You know, this is one of those places where the traditional PC management organizations, you know, kind of the, think about the competitors that Configuration Manager had, whether that be Altiris, Landesk, Big Fix, go down the list. They're kind of irrelevant in yeah. mobility because they missed it. Mm -hmm. All the enterprise mobility players don't have rich PC management capabilities, okay? Yeah. And so really Microsoft stands alone in giving you this ability to be able to manage all your PCs and all your mobile devices through one experience. Yeah. And what we see in the telemetry on this is about half of our largest customers uh, of, of Intune actually are using Config Manager as an integrated console, and about half are using the, the standalone cloud console. Okay. The other interesting thing that I think is worth talking about here that, that many customers ask me about is, what are our organizations doing as they move to Windows 10? Are they managing it in the traditional way? Or are they moving to MDM? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just to share a little telemetry on this, we are now seeing millions of devices being managed, Windows 10 devices being yep. managed through Config Manager um, today. And quite honestly, what we see in there is well over 95% of those Windows 10 devices are being managed with the traditional Config Manager client. Mm. Okay, less than 5% are being managed with the MDM agent. And I think there's two reasons that's the case. Yep. The first one is, um, and I think this is the most significant, it's a significant cultural change to move from the traditional way of management to the MDM way for your PCs. Mm. You've got to get comfortable with your users doing more. You've got to get comfortable with Microsoft doing more. You know, one of the reasons why an MDM way of managing Windows 10 is less money, less costly, is because IT is doing less. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that is something that's been proved out through quite a few studies now. The TCO for managing with MDM is lower, mm -hmm. and that's why people really like yeah. that idea and want to move there. But it's maybe just culturally not always as easy as you would hope to get there. Maybe you've got some kind of third party that's managing part of the solution. That adds a little bit of extra delay whilst they actually get themselves up to speed and learn how to deal with this new world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind, of, it's kind of like moving to a cloud service. Because yeah. you're going to rely upon Microsoft from the cloud to do some of these things, and you're relying upon your users to do more. That is our North Star. We think that's where the world should get to. Mm. But as organizations are thinking about how they move to that MDM way of managing Windows 10, you've got to get very specific into what things are must-haves in terms of what you want to manage and control, 
and what things are not necessary, and then see if the MDM layer today is rich enough to provide that for you. Yeah. I think that's the second issue is, is we still have some work to do in that MDM layer to make it richer. And so, you know, with Windows 10 being a service, every release is going to get more and more rich. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing that everyone should be considering here is, is most organizations are going to be in a state where they are managing, you know, traditional PCs in a traditional way. Windows 10 in an MDM way and all their devices. And so you want to have a tool that allows you to switch between, you know, or migrate from traditional to MDM. And again, Config Manager is the only tool in the market that allows you to do that and manage all of your mobile devices. Yeah, it's a, when you put all those things together, we have a very, very powerful set of capabilities that are completely unmatched. Yeah, it delivers what users are asking or, or yeah. are asking for. Yeah. And then what Gartner says here, hey, in one to three years, they're saying these teams will also converge, and you're going to have this one, what they call a digital workplace team. Mm. Uh, we agree. Yeah. We, we so. agree completely, and we see it. One of the most interesting things that I like to do when I go in and talk with organizations here at these executive briefing centers or when I'm out in the field is I love to look at the team names. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, when, when I sit down and people are introducing themselves, I take a lot of notes about what's, what do they call their team. You know, and historically, you know, I've seen like, hey, I'm the exchange team or I'm the collaboration team. Now I'm seeing a lot more of like, I'm the collaboration team, I'm the productivity team. But I'm now actually beginning to see I am like the user empowerment team. Yeah. Or I am the enterprise mobility and security team. And you're now beginning to see organizations that have, actually have converged the endpoint team with these cloud productivity teams, and it's one team. And this is the way I think the world will go mm. because y y they're going to want to think holistically about how do I think about enterprise mobility? How do I deliver managed mobile productivity? And that involves management, data protection, identity, security, the productivity apps. So these places are going to converge. And so if you ask yourself, you know, I'm just asking, you know, you know customers and people who are watching this, the question of, who has all of the capabilities that are going to be able to engineer them to work together? And who's actually been doing this for you know, three or four years? Mm. I, I think what we're doing at Microsoft is the way that organizations will get there. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's probably the only way, because otherwise it's you're going to right now. lots of point solutions yeah. and creating a lot of glue between them to try and make them work. And that's right. That's not going to bring the TCO down mm -hmm. to the point where the business needs it to be. So. And then, you know, not only have we thought about this in terms of the technology, but even how we bring it to market, we've thought about it. You know, majority of enterprise organizations have what is called an enterprise agreement with us, an EA. Yeah. You know, as we move to these cloud services, the cloud version of the enterprise agreement is called the Enterprise Cloud Suite, or ECS. Yep. It's a very simple upgrade. It's a very inexpensive upgrade from the, the, the traditional EA, and it gets people all these cloud services and helps you get here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the, by far the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Brad, thanks very much for coming into the studio again and uh, joining me for the Everpoint Zone. Um, this month, obviously, we want to make sure that you guys are subscribing. We also want to make sure that you know there is a new blog for the whole of Enterprise Mobility Suite. That brings together the Azure AD blog, it brings together uh, Brad's blog, it brings together the Intune blog, it brings together the RMS blog as well, so that all of the information you need is in one single location. Awesome. So, thank you very much for watching, and we will see you on the next episode of the Endpoint Zone. Thanks.